You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome, Welcome to, to Adventures, Adventures in Collecting. Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. Uh, Eric here. Uh, what you are about to hear and or see, depending on where you are consuming this video and or audio, uh, is a roundtable discussion with myself and a couple other members of the toy community, including Fanthatrax and uh, The Laughing Place, as we sit down with uh, Jing and Chris from the Hasbro Star Wars team to discuss the latest Star Wars releases. So uh, sit back, uh, get yourself a fresh cup of blue milk, and uh, and enjoy this uh, this conversation with the Star Wars team. Roll it. We love to talk Star Wars, so it's a great opportunity to sit down and just talk Star Wars. Uh, so we're just going to do a quick round of intros. I'm sure you know, definitely know Chris, but my name is Jing. I work on the marketing side for Star Wars. And Chris from Design. Yeah, so we'll we'll dive right in we can get through as many questions as possible. Um, and again, I appreciate everyone for joining in. Um, so Laughing Place, Mike. Great. Uh, hi. Hi, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, great. Uh, so I guess we'll start off. I wonder if you could just uh, go through the most popular items from the Star Wars line for the holiday season. Wh which items have been received the best? Which items are selling the best? And uh, which do you personally wish to highlight that are available right now? Wow, Mike. <laughs> Letting, giving us the floor to talk about all the... Thank you so much. So, yeah, I mean, there's so many great figures that are, like, hitting shelves right about now. Like, the N1, for example, um, was pre-ordered a while ago, but it's hitting shelves now. It's an amazing vehicle. I think the fan community knows about that well. Chris designed it, um, and I love that. I love the mini Grogu in there with his uh, his shift knob. It's just so cute. Um, you know, we've also had Ahsoka. The Ahsoka show just just wrapped up, as you know, on Disney Plus, and we have great figures um, tied to that entertainment. So that's on shelf now. Um, and then for us, another item that like really hit was the Star Killer. That was also amazing figure for Black Series um, from gaming as well. Um, so that was a great one to to have out there. And of course, like. 
you know, I, I like to highlight it because I, I think they're so fun. But the holiday figures are just great stocking stuffers uh, for this time of year. Um, they're so fun. They're whimsical. They're a great way to celebrate and get into the, the season for it. And Eric does such a great job just like letting his creativity spew out onto those figures. Yeah, um, there's so one of them right fun. there on my shelf behind me. <laughs> He's an elf on the shelf, just like five Yeah, the <laughs> gingerbread trooper. Yeah. Right there. Um, but yeah, thank you for asking. I think that's a, a great awesome. question. Thank you. Plus all, all right. the great Gift the Galaxy stuff that just announced today. Yeah, for pre-order. There's some that are dropping for pre-order today. Uh, tomorrow, pre-order tomorrow revealing today. So definitely check those out as well. Um, adventures and collecting. Eric. Hey, guys. Um, can you hear me okay? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So uh, the, the release of the Life Day Chewbacca in the Vintage Collection was something that, uh, that I think the, the community never thought would ever be possible. Um, how, how did the, the official recognition of that holiday special kind of come to the table? And, you know, if you could just kind of tell us how, how that toy kind of came into existence. Uh, well, I would say the, the principal driver on that one was the parks. Like now that we have Galaxy's Edge and there is a, a Life Day celebration that happens in the parks, that was that was probably the, the final push. Um, but it, it's been in books and comics and parks for a while. Um, so working on that figure with the, the whole Disney team and folks at Lucasfilm to, to really support that holiday. And like that was... It was very fun. Like talking about the nuances of what that little ball is that Chewbacca carries around is that was a, <laughs> was a fun couple days. Um, so yeah, I, I'm glad everybody loves that. We hope we can do more fun things like that for you guys in the future. Yeah. Hopefully we get a bartender B Arthur next. <laughs> <laughs> Would you put B Arthur over lumpy and itchy and, or a thousand percent, a thousand, <laughs> a thousand percent. <laughs> Yeah, that was a fun partnership with Lucasfilm. Um, all right, Star Wars collector, Dan. Hello. Um, we're glad to finally see uh, some new Black Series 6-inch Phantom Menace figures, but fans had a concern with the prototype photos of Padme at uh, Amidala. She looks extremely angry. Is this her final look, or did you change anything uh, before uh, production uh, started? No. Um, actually, I have one sitting on my desk of of her more final look. Um, we were just shooting photos updated photos of her um she uh the that first one was a very early prototype just to get some early reveal photos for you guys um but i can kind of show you here she's she's much much better um yeah it's just more subtle and really really nails the likeness the super happy with how this one's turned out so we'll have we'll have better photos of that for you guys but that was that was just a, a case of trying to get info out as fast as we yeah. can for you guys. And sometimes that's with, with early or in progress things. So oh, cool. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Just, she's sitting here cause I was looking <laughs> at her earlier. So thank you. Yeah. Chris just like has like a deep bag of, of things to reference. He's just like, Oh, that one right there, that holiday figure right there. <laughs> so, um, but thanks for asking that question. Hopefully we'll get some of those images out. Excuse me. Uh, Fanta tracks, Mark. Hi guys. Hi. Hey. Uh, obviously, next year. Sorry, obviously, next year looks like it's going to be fairly quiet comparatively on Disney Plus. So, as a knock-on effect of that, 
does that give you more open slots to work on classic figures, bringing in figures from shows that have been around for longer? My question is really, is that a good thing for you or is that a bad thing for you? Does it give you the chance to clear the boards on things you might have had hanging around for a while or would you rather be forging ahead with, with brand new content? I mean, both. We want to do both. <laughs> there's always so much to do. I will say, um, you know, lucky for us that there's just so much in Star Wars for us to get out and get into and deep dive. Like, just there's just so much. We have like, you know, a great partnership with Lucasfilm and so much entertainment and some and like great fan feedback as well on items that they want to see. Um, so it's it's it'll be fun to see what we're spending our time on and revealing in the next couple months for sure. Um, and definitely stay tuned. But yeah, I think you know, lucky for us, there's been some great entertainment from Lucas from thus far as well, and uh, we'll continue to to put out items that fans hopefully would love to see. Yeah, and I we were talking about this too, where it's like, I mean, think about back in the day when all we had were movies and how much time there was between movies and how that just felt normal. And now everybody starts to worry about three months without new shows. Like that's a magical time to live in when that's, when that's the kind of mindset we're in. So I think, uh, I think it will be fun. Like Jing said, for you guys to see what we've got cooking. So. All right. Um, that was round one. So we're going to go back to the front, uh, to the top laughing place, Mike. Okay, so uh, you mentioned Gift the Galaxy at the end of my last question, and I was wondering how you guys go about coordinating with Lucasfilm and Disney products on this campaign and how it helps you get the word out about the new toys. Yeah, so, I mean, it's great to have StarWars.com uh, definitely take the lead in pulling together all these giftable toys and holiday items for the fans in your lives and for you guys as well. Um, and so we actually have some reveals this morning from Gift the Galaxy. It's just a great time to to get that news out in partnership with Lucasfilm. And it's relevant and skeptical and it's a good conversation to have during this time especially. And Hasbro luckily gets to be a part of that. We've had three reveals just this morning, just like an hour ago. <laughs> so we love to to have fans um, you know, take a look and there's there's just more information to come in general about like everything that we're revealing um, across the board, but it was good to work with Lucasfilm on gift the galaxy uh, for this holiday season. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. So definitely check out starwars.com. I'm if, if you guys haven't seen what we have cooking, it's a lot of prequel stuff and celebration of the anniversary uh, next year that we're celebrating as everyone knows. So. Cool. All right. Moving on, adventures and collecting. All right. So, um, you know, a, a figure that's seen quite a few releases, both across the, the Vintage Collection and, and the Black Series, being, uh, you know, the Mandalorian himself, Din, Din Djarin. Um, the past few releases for the Vintage Collection, he's kind of featured those old-style hips. I um, was just curious that if there's if there's any intention to, you know, kind of get him that updated new articulation that we're seeing on on a lot of the, the new uh, vintage collection figures. Yeah, it, it, it's a good idea. Uh, we certainly heard the request and, and it is in our heads for, for future versions of him. Um, nothing to talk about right now, but yeah, it's, it's in our heads. So. And, and if I, if I could just kind of follow up on that, just a, sure. a second with the, with kind of those articulation changes, um, 
when do you guys kind of start to plan that in the pipeline? Because like, you know, the, those new hips have now been out for, for quite a bit and there's been a few Dindajaran releases since then. Like when, like when do you gauge it's the right time to kind of update that part of the figure? Uh, a lot of that would be about what's what's needed for the figure that's coming. I mean, like when we did the the Razor Crest as an example um, on the the Mandalorian figure that we had done to that point, he didn't he had a plastic cape, so it was hard for him to sit down. So in that case, it made sense to go with a soft goods cape, and that was an, an update. Articulation is much the same way. If he would need that sort of update for that figure specifically. Or if the like we've done those hips for somebody that works with him, and then we're bringing out a new release of him, like those those sort of things would come into play. Um, so it it varies a little bit, uh, but a lot of it's driven by whether it's needed for the release, because um, we don't want to spend that money unnecessarily. And and I say unnecessarily, casually, like it's and it would be great to update every figure with all the articulations that that we've developed over the years, but it's just not practical. So trying to find the right time to bring those in. Got it. Thank you. Yeah. Star Wars collector, Dan. The fan channel black series, Darth Sidious pipeline reveal. Uh, is it going to be a single figure or a deluxe set like the Amazon set with the deluxe emperor Palpatine and throne? And if uh, it is it, a deluxe set, is it going to include a chair or throne or interchangeable hands? It, it's just a single figure release. For that, okay. that particular for that one, one. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Yep. You, Bantha Tracks, Mark. Uh, HasLab question, hopefully not too contentious. Um, you've had great success with the vintage HasLab releases. They've gone great guns and continue to do so. Black Series, maybe not so much. So internally, if uh, as much as you can say, do you want to push on and hopefully make Black Series and Haslab work better together, or do you think maybe Haslab and Vintage Collection are the you know the perfect partnership for these two things? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, we've been so lucky where the community really rallied behind the Vintage Collection Haslabs that we've done recently, and it, it's great to see, and it's great feedback and great info and a great history for us to go into. That being said, like we know there's definitely passionate fans out there in the Black Series community as well. It's just a balance of finding the right product at the right time, the right offering for, for the fan community. So, you know, nothing is off the table, I would say. We definitely um, want to cater to both communities as much as, as, much as possible. Um, so let us know in terms of what makes sense for, for everyone, and we'll definitely keep that in mind. But by no means is, is Black Series just always off the table. We know that right. there's lots of fans out there for Black Series, and we know there was lots of passions for the um, the Haslabs that we did do in Black Series, for example. So uh, we'll, we just need to make sure that it's right, because everybody wants to make sure it's right. Right, and finding finding the right dream for Black Series is as important as finding those dreams for, for vintage collection. Yeah. I think it's, it's been the vintage collection community has been very vocal for a long time on dream projects of theirs. So we've had a couple that have been very naturals. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Let's Just, keep talking and we'll yeah. figure something out. Yeah. Uh, laughing place, Mike. Okay. Uh, regarding the clone trooper announcements from a couple 
weeks ago. Can you kind of a two part question here? Can you talk about how these would make good kind of troop builder figures? And then on the opposite side, what makes each of these figures unique on their own? Um, well, yeah, for, for those, the, the vintage collection releases, the, the new pack offers clones that use the, the latest, more articulated clone body that we've done, but they also have a great new updated helmet design. So we saw some comments on a previous helmet of those. Uh, we went back and tweaked it. These have that, that update. They are non-removable helmets on these. Um, so we're able to do a very in-scale approach on the vintage collection ones. Um, so, so great stuff that way, uh, for the, the announcements for black series, it's, it's very much the same sort of thing. It's, it's the new body of the clone trooper. So a way to get those out for people again, to, to get more of those in the collection and really build those troops up. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Adventures in collecting Eric. So uh, in previous conversations with the team, uh, you, know, you guys have mentioned that you're committed to world building for uh, the vintage collection with play sets and, and you know, vehicles, uh, but we haven't had an announcement uh, for any play sets since that Endor bunker. Uh, can we expect more play sets in 2024? And if so, uh, tell us a little bit about how you go about selecting which environments to pull these play sets from. Yeah, so I would say, you know, we can't talk about anything that has been real, as you know, but playsets is absolutely not off the table, especially for the vintage collection where we know that world building is so important to the community. Um, so it's, it's just stay tuned in terms of like what could potentially come down the pipeline um, and could be announced in the future in terms of where we pull from. It's, it's a, mix of different things it's the same thing as what we do for figures in terms of like what's in demand what are the community telling us that they want to see what could uh show up on screen is it relevant like you know mandalorian during mando you know season three things like that like just you know what makes sense for that moment what makes sense for the community and balancing that for when we can get it out in time um so all of that comes into mind um, so for the vintage collection, it could be newer, older entertainment, um, any, nothing's really off the table. Yeah. And I think we've seen some stuff that works. It's nice to kind of understand the world a little bit when we do one of those so that you know how those playsets fit into a larger world and we can build out elements around it to support that. I mean, like we did with the bunker and return of the Jedi, we had a lot of other world building stuff that kind of supported that and built us kind of a whole scene. So I I think that's that's important too, and to kind of understand and have those other elements to help inform that. Yeah, I mean, some of the modular nature of of the playsets you guys have done in the past have been really great. Like especially like the you know the Tantive uh, four hallway. I mean, that yeah. thing is just awesome because you can flip it around and turn it into different things, yep. and you know, it kind of just becomes one of those like Star Wars dioramas. You know, it doesn't yeah, necessarily need to be that ship. That, yep, that particular one is. That's that's our cornerstone of what we compare all of our playsets to is is can it fulfill the same sort of promise that that one did? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, Emily did a great job with that, and I think it was so fun to be able to build the modularity in for that one uh, specifically. So um, yeah, it it's good to hear feedback, and it's good to hear from the community what they want to see. But it's definitely not off the table in terms of what we can do more of in the future. Awesome. Yeah. Would would love an imperial version of that. Just some imperial hallways. Call it, you know, 
Star Destroyer interior or something. Yeah, it'd be really cool. Thank cool. you. Thanks for the feedback. And now, a word from our sponsors. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This segment is brought to you by our friends at Chubsy Wubsy Toys. A traditional mom-and-pop toy store in Little Falls, New Jersey, Chubsy Wubsy Toys brings you the best new toys from the brands you love without the hassle of pounding the pavement searching for them at larger retail stores. Visit them in person at their brand new home at 101 Newark Pompton Turnpike Suite 1 in Little Falls, New Jersey, or online at ChubsyWubsy.com. That's C-H-U-B-Z-Z-Y-W-U-B-Z-Z-Y.com. And tell them Adventures in Collecting sent you. Did you know that CGC Video Games now offers cleaning services for your favorite collectibles? Make your collectibles look good as new and give them that extra life in our crystal clear holders. With professional cleaning for sealed, complete in box, and cartridge-only games, maximize the potential of your collection. Submit today at cgcgrading.com. That's cgcgrading.com. Face it, shaker bottles suck. Your shakes always come out clumpy and they're a pain to clean. You're right, Dave. That's why I decided to ditch my shaker bottle for good and get myself a BlendJet 2 portable blender. It makes perfectly blended shakes in just 20 seconds. BlendJet 2 is portable so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. It lasts for over 15 blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. With an array of colors, patterns, or even Disney-inspired designs to choose from, show off your personality while you're blending up something delicious on the go. What are you waiting for? Go to BlendJet.com and grab yours today. 
And be sure to use the promo code AICPOD12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the BlendJet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the BlendJet 2 Portable Blender. Go to BlendJet.com and use the code AICPOD12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today to get the best deal ever. And now, back to the show. Um, all right, Star Wars collector, Dan. Yeah. Um, whatever happened to the fan channel exclusive Black Series Coyote Monday figure? It was announced back in February, and pre-orders never took place or anything, and a couple of them already showed up on some auction sites. Are we going to see them anytime soon? Yeah, that one was a funny one. Um, it was announced really early, um, and it's definitely still coming. And sorry, that was no, there was no pre-order for that, but it's actually tracking for later um, next year, I guess, because we're at the end of 23. That's insane. Um, but yeah, we're thinking about it's probably coming towards, currently tracking towards summer of 24. So at that point, fans will start seeing it. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely coming. I know fans were really excited about that. And it's one of those things that would feel super early. Um, but hopefully everyone will get a chance to get that in hand pretty soon. Cool. Thank you. Bantha tracks, Mark. Bit of a sidestep question, uh, hopefully not unwelcome. Can we expect or anticipate any more Indiana Jones releases in either either format, 6-inch or 3 3 core? Oh, yeah, we don't have anything to announce. Um, we we love the lines we did, um, and the success of them will drive future stuff. Um, I think Patrick mentioned previously that for the new stuff, we we made a conscious decision not to do the three and three quarter inch line because we wanted to lean into black series scale and that, that six inch stuff. So I, I wouldn't think that if we would go forward with more that we would go back on that and do three and three quarter, I would think it would be more six inch stuff, but again, nothing to, nothing to announce on that. So. Cool. All right. Laughing place, Mike. Uh, so you guys recently announced the droid R R 46D zero from the Mandalorian, which is a relatively obscure background character from the show. I love seeing the more background and side characters coming out in the black series, which tends to favor the central characters. Um, but I'm curious, like what is the selection process for those type of more obscure characters like how did you go about picking r460 and not like another droid or another uh side or obscure character from that series yeah well, i mean that's that's one that was we were we kind of had it in our heads that we wanted to do a droid and we had been playing with our new r2 body that the the larger one uh hadn't done an r an r4 head yet um for that at the time um, and that was a like that showed up in our reference deliveries from Lucasfilm early on as a main character's companion droid, so it, it made a lot of sense with all that color and stuff on him as a as a way to do something new. I think that one was also an exclusive, if I remember right. I and think it's it, a Walmart, it, it was, yeah, yeah, and it answered a request to have kind of new and exclusive stuff for that that exclusive retailer. 
So it, it was kind of all these things coming together and really a way to get a new fun droid in there. So, I mean, that's, that's the story on that one, but it's, it's a similar thing every time. Um, yeah, we're always okay. trying to, to weave the, the perfect tapestry of, of answering a retailer's request, answering fan requests, working with the, the reference we have and, and building things to just make a more complete kind of offering for everybody. Great. Love to see more supporting characters. Yeah, that was a fun one. Um, adventures in collecting, Eric. So, uh, you know, with, with the, the, I would say the, the success of the last two, you know, kind of single pilot vehicles and, you know, Antoc Merrick's X-Wing and the N1 Star, Starfighter being, you know, such popular releases, um, you know, what would you guys say that that means for, you know, vehicles of the same or similar class, you know, going forward? Uh, well, I think it's a safe presumption that that we will continue doing vehicles. Um, the The specifics of that we'll get into as we have more to reveal. But uh, yeah, I mean, vehicles are and will continue, I suspect, to be a, a large part of any Star Wars show. So, I mean, happy to play in that world. I I love it. It's it's one of my own passions. I get to work on those things. So, yeah really delivering that kind of detail and continuing the legacy of, of former designers from Kenner, like, like Mark and, and others in those vehicles is really important to us. And, and without kind of spoiling anything, you know, uh, what's, what's your, your favorite vehicle? Like if you could, if you could snap your fingers and work on a, you know, on a star Wars vehicle tomorrow, you know, what, what would it be? Uh, things that I haven't worked on. Uh, yeah. 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 I think I, as a as a dream thing for me would be a sand crawler. Figuring out how to do a sand crawler that is remotely approachable for everybody <laughs> would be would be fun. But uh, I just I I personally just love the construction of that and kind of the background of it. Um, but I, all the vehicles I've gotten to work on, the N one was a blast. And Razor Crest, the Ghost, like those things are just those. Any one of those is a once in a career sort of thing. And then it has just been the continual rhythm of those things, thanks to the great shows we're getting. So, yeah, I, I mean, I've already done my dream projects. I get to continue doing more. That's awesome. I'm, and I'm sure it's it's amazing getting to work with, like, all the reference materials and, like, you know, seeing kind of the guts and nuts and bolts and stuff from Lucasfilm. It's, yeah, it's just the, the vehicle, you know, lore is just so awesome. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. You you guys are playing to Chris's tune because as a designer for those vehicles, like it's good to see the success for the N one, for example, and like Razor Crest goes all of those because it's uh it's definitely hugely important. There you go. Actually, I have one too <laughs> sitting back there. Um, and Chris is probably like here. <laughs> oh, mine's mine's up top. You got to go higher to get that one. That's up there. I'm a vehicle my, nut. Next to my ad at, yeah. Yeah, it gives you all that room to play with, like making fun things in the walls and things like that. Anyways, um, Star Wars Collector, Dan. Um, I think you guys touched on the subject before about the oversized vintage collection helmets on Troopers and Mandalorians. Are you guys going to give up on the removable helmets and just have ch interchangeable heads? No, uh it's not going to be a one or the other. I mean, both are viable options for going forward. And I know there are, it's a passionate discussion and, 
everybody on both sides of the fence thinks their way is the perfect way. Yeah. Um, so we, we don't want to, we don't want to say like one way is right and one way is wrong. I mean, we love both and, uh, they, they just have different play and, and posability and all of those sorts of things. So we'll continue to do both, I would say. Um, and sometimes, sometimes we'll prioritize a removable helmet versus a swappable, but it's, it's not a hard and fast line one way or the other. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a really passionate discussion in the community. So I think definitely like continue to let us know what the fans want to see. Cause we definitely want to hear about it as well from you guys. Yeah. Um, Fanta tracks. Mark. Recently, <clears throat> excuse me, recently you've had some packaging changes. So presumably, and it is a presumption, those figures that were released, let's say, without plastic packaging at all, will get re-released in the future for new collectors to purchase and such. But people who've bought them before, will there be any deco changes? Will there be any accessories added, basically to make it, and I'm waggling the air quotes, worth those collectors' while to buy it again? Because... Of course, collectors want to have every iteration and every version. We know this, but but are there any additional little sweeteners in there that makes it really uh, very much worth their while? Um, well, there's there's no specific plans to just go back and anything that was released without plastic to re-release. Um, re-releases are part of what we do, though. Uh, generally speaking, those would just be a, a straight pack refresh into the new style package without those additions. But I think that's that is it's good thinking and and we like to find reasons for those things to be a meaningful purchase for people. So like you were saying, accessories, it we don't want to just throw in an accessory because that feels like asking somebody to buy a figure to get an accessory. That feels weird too. But finding a way to make new releases of those characters meaningful to people is is really the the key to that. Or making something that's hard to get more accessible for people so those are the kind of concerns and and if like i was saying if we if we would release a figure that came out only in plastic free package it would now get the update into the the current style packaging but there's not a there's not a plan to just go back and redo all of those figures i hope that answers the questions it does. It's an awkward, it's an awkward question, but uh, one yeah. of our readers put it in, so I thought I'd throw it out there. Yeah, no, it's good. Thank you for asking it. Um, all right, laughing place, Mike. Can you guys talk about the Holocom collection? How do you feel that that's been received? And is there anything you'd like to highlight about that series that maybe people don't realize? Um, yeah, Jing, you want to? You're I mean, starting I, to talk. I don't want to jump on. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's fine. It's like an. It's a new execution that we thought would be like super fun to do because it's like so key to Star Wars lore too. Those holocoms. Um, so we're always looking for opportunities like that. Um, Chris, have you? Do you want to ha- add in anything? Yeah, I mean, I think the the it was something we thought would be really fun and it kind of came out of some other brainstorming and just really made a lot of sense to us like i i think the response to those has been pretty good so um i i think that for me it's a it's a really great 
way to display a, a figure. And I don't know if you've played with them, but even even a figure without it being clear displays great on those little hologram bases. So I think it's it's fun to see that. Um, we were we were experimenting, and it 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 kind of made sense to to answer some of our our own challenges to ourselves like hey what can we do how can we plus this up and make something cool and unique so yeah yeah the different lighting modes for example the team talked quite a bit about that and i think honestly what came about also is just like man us as fans on the team was like it'd be so cool if we could have a hologram figure <laughs> sitting on yeah. the show yeah so well and and i think too when we were doing that it was coming out of the show when we were like bounties and I mean, that's kind of how we meet the Mandalorian is, is a whole bounty thing. So thinking of those figures as kind of FOMO figures or chase figures and, and kind of the figures themselves for fans are kind of a bounty and playing into that and, and throwing a, a bounty value on them in universe kind of thing. That was, it was all a fun way to play. Thanks. Uh, adventures and collecting. Eric. So before I get to, uh, you know, I, I had a, a fun holiday question for you guys, but something just kind of uh, popped into my my feed from some of our followers. So if you don't mind, if if, if I ask one question that uh, that wasn't on my list, um, and uh, it, it involves the two of the new Black Series releases, so the the Shin Hati and and Balin Skull figures, um, a lot of people are concerned about kind of the height discrepancy with those. Uh, if you could just, you know, in the design process, how do you guys determine when you're, you know, designing these figures, how they kind of scale to the, the talent or the actor's height in, in real life? Well, with that, with that sort of thing, we usually have scan data from the production from our partners at Lucasfilm. So we, we know exactly how they are, um, relative to each other. Um, and, Sometimes we'll take that and and if it feels very divergent from what feels right, sometimes we'll tweak that a little bit just to compress scale so that like the tallest character and the smallest character can change a little bit to get closer to each other. But we try and be very authentic across the the lines. Um, TVC, just because of the nature of its its scale in general, tends to see a little more compression. But even there, we're—I mean—we're trying to be pretty, pretty good. It's—it's um, it's not like the old days of of Kenner, where there wasn't scale reference, and you saw a picture and kind of guessed at how big something was. I mean, I mean, classic is Snaggletooth from the original Kenner line, and thankfully, for so many reasons, we are—we are gone from a day where we get two photos of a character's mask and that's it. Um, now we have a, a wealth of info to work from. And sometimes, like we get we get reference images of characters standing next to a height stick, so we can tell that we get we get scan data in most cases of the actors on set in costume. So all all that kind of comes together to really develop the scale. Yeah, I, I guess also Eric to answer that question is um, we have all these references for sure. Like that, you know, sometimes are early, sometimes you know whatever it is in the in the process. Um, but if there's feedback on specific items, like, you know, we'd love to, in general, we hear about them and we definitely also just pay attention and keep in mind for the future as well. Yeah. Thank you guys. And 
Yeah, and I'll preface all of those comments by saying we are human and we will make mistakes. Please call us on it and let us know, and we will do what we can to fix things. So, yeah, I mean, we we have more info and more ability to make less mistakes than ever, but like I said, we're human, we make mistakes, so. Star Wars Collector. Yeah. Um, the re-release, the Black Series Clone Commander Bly figure, did you guys fix the paint up on his chin? Uh, that figure is just a straight re-release, so it'll have this. It'll be the same as the the previous versions without that detail. That was something that the team just missed years ago, and mm. and we're aware of it. Um, but that's that's one that uh, Mark's earlier question about re-releases and that sort of thing. Um, it it didn't feel like a meaningful update, but it was making that figure available again to people who didn't get them the first time. So not wanting to get, I mean, making that change and then feeling like people would have to buy a second version of that figure felt a little, a little too close to the edge. So bringing him back out as he was felt like, like the more right call there, but we'll look at that for future stuff. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, tracks, Mark. Uh, I've got a retro collection question, but it's a bit of a vanilla question. But as we've been talking, another kind of question has come to mind. Obviously, the original sculpts are the original sculpts or the, the modern versions of, if that makes sense. And so you put out a wave of Star Wars Empire or Jedi or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But when you do new figures, a Mando wave and a Soka wave, a Booker Bobber wave, whatever, when you look at the original figures from back in the day, there's, there's a distinct difference between, let's say, a Han Solo from Star Wars, a Han Solo from Empire and Jedi the quality of sculpt seems to progress as it moves on with the retro collection, new sculpts that you would do. What iteration of those three films would you describe your level of sculpt at? If that makes any sense, because it it absolutely does. No, it's, it is a clear, like I have a clear answer for you. And that is I, when I approach these things, the, the aesthetic is tail end of empire, beginning of Jedi that era um it's a slightly more evolved state of sculpting and detail than we saw with those very early new hope figures um but it's i feel like at the end of like the power of the force stuff it got it got very far into into stuff that it was a more modern figure and i feel like it not that i mean it's it's still classic Kenner, but it it's not as core classic Kenner in my head. So my direction has been as I'm working on those to, to look at that kind of late empire era stuff. And I think there'll be figure examples that I'll play with from earlier or later to try and push things a little bit and like, Oh, Hey, well technically we can do this and, and we can do that. I think you guys will see on the, the episode one figures that, just came out today the images of um we did some of that stuff where the the battle droid in there has thinner legs and we've done some stuff on him that is more reminiscent of like eve 99 and some of the later figures um but that's part of that's just because the techno like we didn't want to get him so stylized we wanted him to still feel kind of right um so it it's just kind of having the knowledge of all that stuff and and navigating the pathway and picking apples off the right trees as we go. Brilliant. 
Great. All right. Thank you, uh, everyone. I think those are the questions from everyone. I will say that um, if you haven't already, go to StarWars.com and check out the new Gift the Galaxy reveals from earlier today. They're so fun and they're a great celebration to the prequels. Um, but yeah, from there, um, you know, thank you again for spending time with us. And we love to talk Star Wars and having an opportunity to do it with you guys right before the holidays is definitely a treat. So for everyone out there, whatever you're doing, happy holidays. Um, and we definitely hope to talk to you soon in the new year. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Guys. Thanks, yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, guys. Always fun. See you guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Take care. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen. And then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both in our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. 